As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What is going on with Zac Efron's face? OMG! In a video promoting Bill Nye's new environmental awareness project, Earth Day, the musical, fans were left gasping when Zac appeared in the video looking like he had botched plastic surgery. I'm gonna need more lip gloss to gloss these lips. <laughs> Today we dig in deep to find out what happened to Zac Efron's face and so much delicious pop culture goodies. Was the 2021 Academy Awards the most boring Oscars ever? Whatever happened to the worst dress list? The new documentary Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street, opens in theaters. The average size for dongs is shrinking around the world. And Ricky Martin is living La Vida Santa with his new gray beard. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. She bangs, she bangs. Oh, crazy. Santa Claus, Ricky Martin. I am not ready for that. <laughs> the gray beard. You were surprised, huh? I was like, oh, my God. We're all aging. What is happening? Ah. I never knew that Puerto Ricans. Everybody except me. I never knew that Puerto Ricans could ever have gray beards. I thought they all dyed them black. Like you. <laughs> I was like, it's like, there's about like 40 gay men mm -hmm. outside of Ricky Martin's home being like, we had an agreement. You need to dye your beard black. You cannot grow old. You must stay young forever. Like Zac Efron. And Zacco. <laughs> so how do you like yeah. the Ricky Martin look? So those, those photos are around for us, uh, Schoen magazine, which is, you know, Schoen is beautiful in German. Oh, mm. You know, the thing about Ricky Martin is he next to, and I, I'm Puerto Rican and super gay. 
And yeah. for a while, I was the most world's most famous openly gay Puerto Rican man. I know that sounds crazy, mm-hmm. and but when it was came true. Out, the Tribune called you and said, "The Chicago the Tribune, most famous out gay Puerto Rican man. Uh, how do you feel about Ricky Martin coming out?" And you're like, "Girl, we all knew forever. <laughs> come on." There is a, there is a, 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 when Ricky Martin did come out. This is not a joke. The Chicago Tribune did interview me yes. about it, and yeah. and I was like, "Cool, we've all known he's gay for years, mm-hmm. but." Because, you know, Puerto Rico is a small community yeah. in some ways. And Ricky Martin has been known, you know, to he goes out to the clubs, you know, mm-hmm. like. Always clubbing. He's out to the clubs. <laughs> um, but, you know, and so, uh, you know, I, I would say, like, in terms of decisions that he makes and choices, he has the heart and soul of Puerto Rico beating strong, fierce, mm-hmm. and deep. And this is somebody who, you know, for a while was in the closet he was campaigning for George W. Bush. Well, he but, performed, right? Well, c- performing is campaigning. Mm-hmm. And and he was paid to accept that check. And, um, you know, I think in, in recent years, he's really done an amazing job at undoing a lot of the harm that he may have directly or inadvertently caused mm. um, uh, and embraced progressive causes and really uh, try to push Puerto Rico into a new consciousness that includes LGBTQ people. Yeah, he was part of the revolution down there, huh? Yeah, he was on a truck with a rainbow and a Puerto Rican flag <laughs> waving it and shaking his bonbon. So, you know, everybody's like loves Ricky Martin and he mm-hmm. can do no wrong. And at the and, same you know, time, and, and, and that yeah. did really change because there was a lot of people that kind of like when he was in the closet, there was mm-hmm. a lot of contempt for him. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, when he came out, he got a book deal. He got Oprah Winfrey mm-hmm. talking to him. You know, he's like he was like, you know, the it way that the Colton Underwood of his day, the Colton <laughs> Underwood. Well, it's more like uh, Megan, uh, the, you know, um, Prince Harry's oh, wife. Yeah. Right, right, right. What's, this, what's her last name? Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle. Windsor Mountbatten. But like, you know, a lot, like a lot of people, especially like black Americans are like, girl, what did you think you were going to get into? If you marrying the Prince of England, <laughs> oh, you discovered racism all of a sudden. <laughs> so, you know, there's not a lot of sympathy for her and there was not a lot of sympathy for Ricky Martin. He famously was uh, asked point blank by Barbara Walters. Yeah. Are you gay? Barbara and- Walters says she regrets doing that. Yeah, she feels like she ruined his career. And her, the book audition, I think she wrote about that, right? She talked about it. he was just like, I yeah. don't know what to say to that. He's like, go, please, Well, go, he's go. just like, he's just seeing his bank account go dwindling as these things happen. Because those songs that he did at that point in time, uh, right before then, were so amazingly big. They, they were monster hits. Yeah. And, you know, I can't think of probably, at this point now, a gay musician who's had such worldwide success because yes. you know you can be famous in the united states yeah. and you can be famous in south america and central america and europe mm-hmm. and asia and you're and russia and europe and he was just like a worldwide sensation with with that live in la vida loca and you know all those songs that were being used for soccer games and stuff mm-hmm. like that so he in, in his heyday he was a huge star and still is to this day so then you know uh a young queer, openly queer performer called Little Nas X, lap dance <laughs> with the devil, and Ricky Martin's people paid attention and said, "What's good for the goose is good for the gander," and they dragged up Ricky Martin and put him in a bunch of like very kind of wild club, draggy kind of gear. He's wearing a little bit of makeup now. And he's oh, he was his, wearing makeup before. You just didn't notice. Well, yeah, he's wearing eyeshadow. Oh, he's wearing lipstick. Was he wearing man lashes? Oh, 
<laughs> man lashes. Man lashes. So we were walking down in, in, in our in our in Lakeview, the gay mm. neighborhood in Chicago, and we saw the sign on a like a rejuvenation. Well, it's like a clinic. beauty shop, you know, esthetician place where they probably do nails and you know facials and all that kind of stuff. And then they were like. Uh, lash lengthening. What are the little signs? So, the, so there's an ad, and it has a, a a man smiling with nice that looks a little bit lashes? like Zach. He looks like Zach Efron, you a know, bit, yeah, with the plastic surgery. Or we don't know. We're gonna get to that in a second. But um, so it says, men lash lift. Lashes have no gender. Lash lift for men are becoming the hot new thing. For the longest time, men getting lashes and extensions or modifications were a thing of taboo in the co. Cooperate world. So it's yeah, the, it, does, a title. it doesn't say cooperate. Co- co- cooperate world, but the cooperate world. Yeah. So if you're a busy CEO and you want to flirt with the other <laughs> employees, but you know, for some guys, yeah. some people they just don't have lashes, you know, <laughs> or they have little tiny lashes, and so they, you know, or they they're different colors. So for some people, they want to correct that. Or in I their mean, mind, fix I'll it, tell right? you what. Like if I. I'm being scolded by, you know, mm-hmm. um, what is that, Fifty Shades of Grey CEO, you know? Oh, yeah. I want him to have the most beautiful lashes. Do you ever wear mascara as a boy? Um, I used to wear a lot of makeup. And, as a boy? You know, in and out of whatever gender identity I was presenting. Okay. I mean, throughout the course of my life, you know, I'm 33 years old. Okay, I'm 49. <gasps> oh, my God! And I'm younger than Ricky Martin, too. You are? Yeah. He's, uh, well, according to his Wikipedia entry, <laughs> and according to my Wikipedia entry. So I entry, think he's older than you. He is older than me. He's, he's, he's my sister's age. Okay. Yeah. And so. My sister is four years mm-hmm, older than me. Mm-hmm. And listen, I hope I look as good as Ricky well, Martin four years from the, now. Because you had the, mi- the microblading on your eyebrows done yeah. from Kate from Teen Mom OG. And, and on MTV, not VH1. Not VH1. Don't one. get it twisted. <laughs> but I think they replay it on the Paramount Network, too, now, don't they? Yeah, every time that episode airs, somebody takes a picture of it and, and sends it to me. I think you should write it's to so Kate because you need another appointment for that microblading and see if she's doing like uh, these uh, eyelash lifts. Yeah, I would look like Bambi. <laughs> I love flowers. <laughs> and, you know, so for me, it's like I've I've been very gender nonconforming my entire life. And it is interesting to see, like, the things that were associated being a sissy mm-hmm. are now considered kind of masculine well, and, you know, and vice I mean, versa. Men have been wearing makeup historically for, you know, forever. Yeah. But even, you know, uh, I, when I first moved to Chicago, I worked with a guy and he said he wore makeup. Uh, sold makeup the makeup counter and he was talking about the guys i'm like oh guys you know because i was young i didn't need much makeup back then i'm like oh you guys sell it to like guys like drag queens He's like no just guys that want foundation and some powder and i said really what kind of guys is it like you know and they're just like you know guys like in their 40s that just want to to, to look a little bit better well matt cosmetics mm-hmm. in the early 90s they were uh they hired rupaul and they were catering and marketing to gay men or men in general who mm. wanted to put on a little makeup to look their best. Mm. And I remember like us going to a lot of like um, podcasting and media expos. And, you know, when we would do public appearances and speak, um, we would drag it up. In mm. fact, when, when we taped Cooking with Drag Queens, for example, Mark and I are wearing about as much makeup as the drag queens. It just isn't designed yeah. to look like stage makeup mm-hmm. or drag makeup. When we're doing the boys, like we have a couple of the, that are in the can that are coming out very shortly. Mm-hmm. And those, those were actually, were in drag for. 
Yeah, actually, well, well but in terms yeah. of when we're, we're presenting regardless of, of the gender presentation or the costume, we are always wearing a lot of makeup. Mm-hmm. And, and people are always like, you don't look like your pictures in person. And I'm like, darling, it maybe it's Maybelline, maybe it's Photoshop. I, you do, I don't wear a whole lot of makeup. I'm not wearing any makeup right now, but, yeah. you know, but, you know, the, there are times <laughs> when I want to, <laughs> <laughs> there are times Surprise. when I want to look real good, you know, and it's like, and if I had Zac Efron's money. I would consider uh, getting Botox and plumping and all that shit, you know, but it's like, for me, it's like, that's just, that is a rich man's game and <laughs> I'm a podcaster. Well, you know, th- you there's, know? there's, uh, it all depends on what your priorities are, right? You know, do you want to pay your rent or do you want to get Botox? <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> or you, do you want to be a, a sex worker or do you want to get Botox? Do you want to like eat or do you want to get Botox? Like you have to make sacrifices mm-hmm. yeah. to look this good. And so, you know, we chatted with the scientists at Anison, and they, they said, say? Patricia Neal, we've been out of business for 30 years. Why do you keep calling us? Man, aren't Actually, you dead? <laughs> yeah, didn't you die? Yeah. <laughs> no, so, so what did the, what did the uh, scientists at Anison so say? So Justin Jedlicka, Justin Jedlicka, the scientist at Anison, the, um, the human Ken doll, the human Ken doll, our, our in-house expert on plastic surgery, mm-hmm. Uh, said he doesn't yes, know yeah. if Zac Efron has had work done, but it certainly looks like that from the video mm-hmm. where, where he was making a guest appearance briefly in Bill Nye's environmental awareness project, Earth Day, the musical. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Anna and I said, you know, he looks like Jocelyn Wildenstein, <laughs> the cat lady from New York mm-hmm. City. Right. I mean, he's. He, I have a T-shirt with her face on it. He's on his way, and so you know, for for those of us who sort of rediscovered his sexuality, and I think especially for gay men and just men in general, it's hard for us to embrace our beauty as we age. Mm. I think that's true for all Americans and all genders too, you know. And 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 so it was really kind of fun to see him with his daddy on Down to Earth on the Netflix documentary oh, series. His guru, his, his podcasting guru. guru. His and that's not us. And, and could be Zach could be. if you're lucky. <laughs> Call me player. <laughs> but uh, so so it was nice to see him, you know, sport his dad bod and you know have dad, a more. That's what people call you have a dad bod. Like um, he's muscular and trim. That's they, not well dad. compared to what he was in oh, shape for a, Baywatch. Okay, you know he yeah. was closer to what the physique that you yeah. and I have. And he says that he would never yeah. ever have that body that he had for Baywatch again. He's like in that down to earth. He was just like it's just so it was in, it was. Uh, insane. He, would, I think, he described what he had to go through for that to have that physique. What is it like with bodybuilding that people think that it's like has to happen all the fucking time? Even yeah. these celebrities, they're like, like when I see somebody who's really shredded or cut, mm-hmm. I'm thinking probably that was you know a brief week or two in the last year. Yeah. I'm not assuming but, they look know, like that all the time. It's getting to that point. It's the three or four weeks, uh, the two months beforehand yeah. too. You know, it's not just oh, it's just that one week you look like that. It's you have it. It takes you have to. It's summits, right? You have to get to one summit and and you reach that level and then you reach another level and finally you get to that peak. Have you ever tried like intentionally like cutting? Like, do I look like I've ever tried <laughs> intentionally cutting? As someone said about Henry Cavill, she likes to eat. Listen, at one point in time, when I came back from Europe. I was 155 pounds. Damn. You know, How much do you weigh now? I'm uh, well, I'm, you know, the upper 220s. That's good. Maybe though. into the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> and you know. so, yeah, same here. And and for me, it's like, you know, I want to be happy and I also want to be healthy and I want to look good. 
I also want to set a good example for mm-hmm. myself and for mm-hmm. other people. And, you know, at the same time, I'm, I'm a ruthless bitch. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to look fierce and fabulous. I'm a drag queen. Well, why don't you do it? Um, cause it's work <laughs> and, and I don't know how to do it. Mm. And then part of it is like when I started like calculating calories of food, it was easy to do that when you had like scrambled eggs and potatoes and you know, like, but when you make like a casserole or a lasagna, you're like, I don't know what, what, what's the calorie breakdown of this. Mm. It's really hard. It gets more complicated. So one of the things I'm thinking about doing is having a start a fitness podcast mm. Um, that's specifically tailored to LGBTQ people that kind of exor- examines a lot of these ideas mm-hmm. more in depth than right. we normally and, do on and the with, show. And with our kind of sense of humor involved in it. Because, you know, a lot of these fitness videos, they're they're just uh, so serious about this stuff and they're so dry. And, you know, some people are very scientific and it's all about you got to put that hard work in. And it was like, well, yeah, of course you have to put that hard work in. But do you have to make it so draconian and not maybe dragonian? Relax. <laughs> just breathe, baby. You know? That kind yeah. of so Zach's face. Zach's face. Does he have Botox? Yes or no? Well, you we know, don't know, I think that a lot of celebrities do have Botox, right? He's early thirties. He's probably started Botoxing because they're like, do it now to prevent it. I had, but I got Botox once. I got twenty CCs. You got a like gift certificate. Years. I got a gift certificate uh, for it, and you know, I like the results. And when I'm a little flush with cash, I'm, I'm going to go back and I'm going to get some more because these little elevens, as they call it. Uh, but, you know, they went away when I got the Botox. So I do appreciate uh, getting Botox gift certificates. Mm-hmm. And so when Mark and I got them, the, the woman who was there, she was like a Melania Trump kind of, mm-hmm. you know, fembot from Russia. And she was like, you must have twice as much Botox to undo the damage that life has done on your face. <laughs> really? Yeah, she was tough. She was not like that to me. She, to me, she's like. Are you European? Your skin is so good. No, she was. She, I think she thought that I was like Fifty Shades of Grey kind of bottoming for oh. her. You know. Oh. She oh, was like, goodness. well, you know, the, uh, what is the plot of Fifty Shades of Grey? It's basically this woman gets a job at a corporation mm-hmm. and she has sex with the CEO. Yes. And he beats her, ties her up. And she likes it. Yes. It's consensual. Yes. And so she unlocks a level of sexuality in and basically giving in to sexual harassment mm-hmm. in the workplace. And it's, it's based on, it was originally a twilight uh, fan fiction, oh, God. Uh, and, but because she, the person who wrote it, she couldn't capitalize on that. So she just changed the vampire to a CEO and Bella became the secretary. And for a short time, um, suburban women were buying sadomasochistic stuff at Target mm-hmm. and honey, they still are and bringing it home to their husbands and their husbands like, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. (laughs) So uh, probably, you know, probably Botox. He's probably had, you know, a little peel or at least some exfoliation, that kind of stuff. Uh, And, you know, for guys, if he had like maybe, you know, facial wasting or anything like that, or he had like a like his face was sagging. Uh, maybe he lost some weight or had, uh, I don't know, he some maybe he's taking a medication where he's losing the fat in his face. So they're like plump it up or maybe he's trying to be 18 again but the thing is which was one of his movies oh my god you're right yeah (laughs) it is right yes and so yes the other i forgot about that maybe it was subconsciously in my head 18 again zach efron Mm. and so the (laughs) so you know that may have been the case maybe he got stung by a 
bees? Well, we don't know. But you know, for guys... You know, he is into that kind of like bee therapy. Mm-hmm. It could be... Aller- maybe he ate shellfish and he's allergic to it. We don't know what happened to him. Yeah. And, a, and a lot of people are like, you know, kind of like you may be giggling now, but like where people were also giggling when Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther... Mm-hmm. Came, there were photos of him on the internet and he died at mm. the age of 43 from colon cancer. Mm. So he may have health issues right now. We don't know what's going on. So, you know, but part of it is, I think, you know, with Hollywood is that there is a lot of highs and lows, mm-hmm. a lot of unrealistic expectations that we place upon ourselves because we see these movies and we're dazzled by their beauty and we want to um, inhibit that yeah. beauty. And we want to just uh, stay and keep looking at that beauty. Didn't The weekend do some kind of thing? He used a filter to make it look like he had weird plastic surgery. And everybody's like, what happened to you? Oh, my God. And I'm like, I'm trying to get my Snapchat filter to do the pillow face. Oh, is, is that what, what it's is? called. I can't get it to work. So I'm like, a grocer just have to use my lips to just plump them up normally. Oh, my God. If you guys haven't seen one of our videos, the insane beauty treatments, it's Faust, extreme beauty, extreme treatments, beauty yeah. treatments. You can see it on our, our YouTube channel. Um, I was back in the day when we used to make uh, f- uh, short little films with Victoria Lamar. May she rest in peace. And Victoria and uh, Saltina Faustina That's me. Uh, decided that... Uh, Daphne Dumont wasn't doing enough to uh, enhance her beauty. So they were going to uh, treat her to a beauty regimen that uh, goes a little uh, south. Yeah, but we used a, like a drill bits. We were like asking our friends, like, give, give, give us a bunch of fucked up shit to to use as props. So it's very Three Stooges, yeah. you know. And I, my favorite yeah. is you in- injecting the lime jello into your lips. <laughs> <laughs> and people are like, how did you do that? I was like, we made prosthetic lips we took uh jello so we 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 took jello and yeah. put it into a syringe and acted like we were going to inject it into our thing and we said but then we actually made the prosthetic lips out of Knox gelatin right yeah actual and, gelatin Alex, yeah, gelatin and it's not something that sticks on for a long time you know because you but lips it worked moved, but it worked for that short period of time yes yeah and so we're <laughs> it does look like we've had like you know trout mouth yeah or pillow face. For a hot minute. For a hot minute. Um, and I, I have to say, mm-hmm. I think my makeup skills were pretty good with doing like the abrasions. Uh, now, <laughs> do you think that people have created kind of this double standard because like nobody said anything when Alaska, Thunderfuck, or Bianca, or Willem, or Sharon Needles, or any of these Rue girls who get flush with cash and mm-hmm. they get work done on their face. Oh my God. People all talk about their, their not, not really. They don't, they don't, they just go, Oh, you look so fierce girl. You know, whereas with Zac Efron, they're like, Oh my well, God. Zac Efron's a major Hollywood star. Yeah. So maybe the people, well, and Chadwick Boseman was yeah. kind of a similar thing. Yeah. But well, you know, you know, you have to be careful when you, when you, yeah. when you talk about people and their looks and their bodies and stuff, because we don't, we don't know what's happening. You don't, you know, it's not your business what's happening in some, in, in some instances. Uh, with Zach, you know, he's kind of like this icon of, of male beauty. And so when you see like, because uh, it, it looks like he had like plumping done. And so you're like, why, Zach, why? And we don't know if he's just like, you know, pranking us and mm-hmm. tra- trying to, to get us to talk about um, Earth Day the musical. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love the planet Earth. It's my favorite Earth. planet in all of the universes. I'm a little partial to Uranus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Watch out for those Klingons. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we're obsessed with uh, with celebrities and how look how they look. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Look, uh, I mean, you know, the Oscars just happened, mm-hmm. and everybody's, you know, you, we don't really have the worst dress list anymore, but we're all kind of like going with Halle Berry's hair, like, what happened to that hair? She looked like the melon cat. <laughs> the melon cat. to the melon cat. So it's this meme that somebody cut a melon a wig into a, a, a little honeydew melon and plopped it on their cat's mm-hmm. head, took a picture of it, and it looks just like Halle Berry. <laughs> and, you know, that's um, part um, of the thing about cat, what I've always liked. A melon cat. Melon cat. The thing I l- I've always liked about the Oscars is I'm a big fan of fashion off the rails. Mm-hmm. When people spend a lot of money with very little taste or misguided direction, like, you know, Ricky Martin's drag today, I think has a little bit of that in there where he's just like, He's not, he's just throwing money at the, at the lens Mm. just to see what happens. And, and, you know, Ricky Martin can do no wrong. And with a lot of these celebrities is kind of the same thing. And so it's really fun to see like the world have a kind of a, a shock and awe to sort of be uh, dazzled Mm. by the, um, the weirdness of bad fashion or extreme fashion, you know, like, like the way that people are so furious and get so their panties in a bunch over Billy Porter's red carpet looks mm-hmm. and they're like why can't he be normal like lady gaga it's too much now but other people celebrate and they're like you're breaking down those gender barriers and it's fantastic but you know for the for the i, I think with the um the celebrities in this red carpet nobody wants to take a wild chance anymore everything's just kind of like this is nice this will be fine I, I like this you know i think most people like regina king's uh, beautiful butterfly dress that kind of thing i was kind of hoping the uh because you know it has like these wings that are front you know it's almost like a little uh, collar it was be- i actually thought and that I, was a beautiful yeah, dress absolutely beautiful i was kind of hoping the back would flip up because then it would be like one of those like dinosaurs that spits venom at like Newman. <laughs> <laughs> that would be yeah. really cute wouldn't that have been cute if she had done that next year regina call me girl i got lots is she of regina ideas or regina 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 yeah. That's why I call it Regina King. Regina King. Regina and, girl, yeah. your fashion is fierce. However, it can be fiercer. And then for the man, Coleman Domingo looked fantastic in that pink uh, outfit. Pink is in for man. Yeah, pink is is always in. Mm-hmm. 
So the the thing about it, like 9.8 million people watch the Oscars. Yeah. Which is like down almost 60% from the fall last year. Oh, really? It's the record low in the history of the podcast. I think for a lot a of broadcast. Yeah. We used to, ha- we used to uh, always do a podcast just on the Oscars and we'd watch them and report on, but it's just like uh, it, the Oscars have kind of changed over the years, but definitely this year it has really changed because of COVID. And it's almost a return to like the olden days when the celebrities would sit at these tables and, and ho- they would film it in a hotel, in a ballroom. I just want to thank the Academy <laughs> for this distinguished honor. Mm-hmm. And to Christina and Christopher, and you know, all a good night. <laughs> hey, yeah, Joan Crawford, she accepted the uh, her Academy, uh, Academy Award from her home. Mm-hmm. In bed, right? In bed. <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I kind of wish that, like, if they are going to go back to the original old school OG style, original gangster style, it would be really fun if they got celebrities in their jacuzzis or beds or, you know. Mm. Accepting the award. Because, <laughs> you know, what was the, the woman who played uh, Camilla Parker Bowles? Um, she won an Oscar. And she stood up on the stage. And I'm just like, she was like, I didn't think I was going to win, so I didn't prepare a speech. Oh, my God. This thing's so heavy. Uh, Steven Soderbergh is going to be so mad at me. I just want to thank the Academy and everybody that I work with. Thanks. Have a good night. Yeah, peace out. Aww, I, and I'm just you, like, boo. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it because I was at home visiting family and my mom's not doing too well. So I was spending yeah. some time with her and we were watching some other stuff because she hasn't seen any of the movies. So she normally she loves the Oscars, but she's like, let's just watch something else. And I think, you know, uh, with people not going to the theater this past year, um, it took a lot of that energy from it. You know, mm-hmm. people weren't rooting for it. Of course, you're watching stuff on streaming. But, you know, going to the theater, it's, it's a community event and the Oscars is a community event. And so it, you're missing that kind of thing. And, you know, it's a zeitgeist. Yeah, it's a it's zeitgeist. about like how we're what are we talking about as a society mm-hmm. where we want to be. Yeah. And I think that's been the hardest thing about the pandemic. And part of it is, you know, I think regressive people want to harm. It, it, there's this weird kind of jealousy and, um, you know, malevolence that pe- some people have where if even if it hurts them. They're okay with it because they, it hurts people they hate mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So they're willing to take a loss or a damage to themselves if they if it knows that it hurts somebody they're bigoted or prejudiced against. Mm-hmm. And I think you know certainly Republicans politicizing the COVID pandemic and um, refusing to wear masks all throughout this pandemic and stretching it out unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And thank God you know we've gotten leadership under under Joe Biden and, and you know he's turning out to be a lot more progressive than we expected him to. Not according to Lady Bunny. Lady Bunny, you know <laughs> she even did, she th- she's she's rejecting Alexandra Ocasio Cortez and uh Bernie Sanders mm-hmm. now. So I don't know where she fits on the <laughs> political Which, spectrum, you know, but yeah. But you know, back to the movies though is you yeah. know Faust Night tonight we went to the movies for the first time since gosh, what was the last movie we saw last year? February was it March maybe? I, I think it was a documentary, but I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I don't remember. Because I was, I thought we had seen uh, Homeward Bound or that 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 Pixar animated I movie, but we, I think we I, saw that online. I yeah. think we saw that online. Yeah, so we saw something last February probably. But and so it's been a, uh, over a year that I've been in the movie theater. It might have even been January because, like, as soon as we found out about COVID, we were like, kind of like, mm, what should we do? 
So Street Gang, uh, How We Got to Sesame Street, is a documentary based on Michael Davis's book, Street Gang, uh, the creation of Sesame Street, um, which we uh, famously did a podcast with Michael in 2009, four years about before the Kevin Clash Elmo scandal. Mm-hmm. And um, so we didn't talk about that with him, but we went really in deep talking about everything queer and everything um, that, you know, Sesame Street changed the way we see our lives, our identities, diversity, children. It really like helped push American society to be more progressive and, you know, to have discussions on racism Mm -hmm. in the first place. And just, you know, uh, to give kids, especially kids in the inner cities, that had starts, you know, because kids were just watching mindless television. Like, hey, let's teach kids words and the alphabets and and numbers and learning that stuff very early on is is super important. And in the document, they even say if, if a child is watching that show with an adult and then the adult can reference some of those things or talk about those things with the child, it imp- it, it improves their memory and their retention and their learning so much more. And, you know, so... Like I, I'm obviously we're very influenced by Mr. Rogers neighborhood and Sesame street on this podcast. And, you know, in a lot of ways, what we do on the podcast is sort of continue those ideas. We're children of that. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, you never stop being a child. You just grow bigger, but there, you still have a, a, the emotional needs of uncertainty, the needs to connect to people, the needs to talk about your feelings, the need to be loved and to give love. And, you know, that's, what we try to do here on the podcast Feast mm-hmm. of Fun is to talk about that with a humorous bent for adults with, you know, LGBTQ identity and, and sensibility front and center. And so for me, it was it was really great to see a lot of behind the scenes footage on how that show was made and sort of the playful nature of, of them, uh, especially the relationship between Jim Henson and Frank Oz. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a lot like you and I in a lot of ways, but not gay or, or married. But <laughs> their wives were saying, like, you know, my husband would leave the house uh, uh, and be with Jim Henson or Frank Oz four days a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's they'd like, be gone for four days and they, come back like it was nothing. Like they described Sesame Street as the other child in the family, mm-hmm. but it was, you know, or the other mistress. And, and you know, with Jim Henson, he, did have mistresses. The f- most famously was uh, Daryl Hannah. Ah, so because he, who was, yeah. the, was Janice was his Muppet, and he, she was like a female version of Janice. So yeah, <laughs> like really, except he didn't really operate her with the arm. It was you know. <laughs> so anyway, the Street Gang, fantastic film in theaters. In theaters now, we went to see it. It does not talk anything about the gay um, puppeteer. Uh, Richard Hunt, who mm-hmm. did Harry Monster, mm-hmm. who died of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a missed opportunity because certainly the book uh, goes in deep in that. Right. It does not talk about how Barney almost uh, destroyed Sesame Street. No. And it doesn't talk about how Jim Henson um, wanted the Muppets to kind of go in their own direction commercially and then have some of the other uh, puppets stay with Sesame Street. And so in his mind, he had a, a clear delineation between the two of them. Uh, and But Kermit was kind of like the special little frog that spanned both worlds, right? So he's still a part of Sesame Street and still part of the commercial world. There's another Muppet that spanned both worlds. Do you know who that, that is? is? Rolf. Rolf. Rolf predates everything. Um, he was the one the first. He was really the first fully formed Muppet that before Kermit was kind of a proto Muppet, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he was not necessarily a frog. He was just a little creature. 
And Ralph was a dog who went by the name of Ralph and was on the Jimmy Dean show and uh, made appearances and everything. And uh, yeah, a lot of people don't know about that. But, um, you know, in in terms of the documentary, there was a, a there was a Kickstarter, a crowdfunding campaign for them to animate a lot of stills to create a like to do a lot more with it. Um, and it looks like I don't know if they were successful with their fundraising efforts. Mm. Um, there was also discussion that Children's Television Workshop, which became Sesame Workshop, was going to do a behind the scenes documentary of their own and that never happened. Mm. So it's really great that street gang actually got some of this project done mm -hmm. because, you know, a lot of these things just sit in vaults and they crumble into the sands of time. Mm -hmm. So you have to find yeah. someone with passion to pursue these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. How many times did you cry during this movie? Fast? A lot actually, you know, yeah. and part of it is, you know, like I, I'm feeling older and it's like my, our mothers are, are getting very sick and you know, they're, they're having medical issues and it's like, you know, this pandemic has been very lonely and I feel like the whole world has aged so much in this past year and it's been uh, mentally and physically very stressful on everybody, including myself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are doing anything it takes to survive, to be happy, to connect, to stay connected, not just to each other, but to their authentic selves. Right. Like, you know, the, like in, in a lot of ways I describe like the best part of me is you. Oh, that's true. And, and by that, I mean, is that, you know, my consciousness, when you're married to somebody, when you live with somebody for so long, part of your consciousness lives in that other person. Oh. And so when that person is away or gone, you not fully feel like your complete self. Now, some people may describe that as codependent, but that's just the nature of love and the nature of family and relationships. Mm. And, you know, so in terms of seeing this, it reminded me of what all the love that I've received by so many amazing people and that are no longer with us and how that love lives in me and it lives in you and, and the listeners of the show. Mm. And it's really great to be able to, you know, it's a real honor for, for me personally to be able to do this podcast 16 years, 3000 shows coming around the corner. It's, it's a thrill, you know, and, and, you know, Sesame Street, in some ways, has become just another kids' TV show. It's on HBO now, and it does air on public television stations. But it it was not the this kind of um, now. It is a very established um, program designed to educate children, and and it was not this like pioneering, groundbreaking, progressive vehicle that it was in the 1970s. Right, because we have a lot of options now. We've learned a lot more about education, so. And, you know, so in a lot of ways, it's like, that's why we do this podcast is because we are hoping to educate ourselves to move the world forward, mm -hmm. to to be more progressive. And to create a community, because I think about our, our, our the listeners, mm -hmm. you know, it's an audience, but it's also a community. It's people have met each other through the podcast and have married each other. They become friends and bonded over it. Yeah, it really is to me like I'm very moved when when people are like, I'm getting married and I'm like, weren't you like 12 years old last year? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so so it really uh, and when people share those photos with with us, it's, mm -hmm. it's really heartwarming. Yeah. Um, and Street Gang, you know, Sesame Street. One thing that I discovered in this documentary is how much the Muppets remind, especially the Muppet monsters remind me of dogs, mm -hmm. our dog, Jesse. Oh, so, you know, like Jesse, when he whines or begs or pleads, 
there's there's a quality of him like Grover, and when he's like you know scarfing down on food, he's cooking monsters. He's cooking monsters. There's, there's a lot of like animal qualities to these Muppets, and and in a lot of ways, there's a lot of wisdom that the puppeteers had that Jim Henson and and all those creators, uh, Josh Stone and everybody else, Fran Brill, who brought these, you know, the, the, the relationships they had with the animals and the children in their lives and brought them into the world to see. So mm. it, it has great behind-the-scenes footage. Definitely check it out. Yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, well, it's interesting, you know, uh, Caitlyn Jenner's always been uh, interested in, in politics, right? She's uh, a Republican. Because she really thought that Donald Trump was really going to be great for transgender people. Why would she think that? Uh, wishful thinking, because, you know, Republicans live in their own world sometimes. And uh, so she's decided she's going to run for governor of California. And her, like, her promotion pick, it's her in a car with, an an, uh, with a dog, With right? a dog. Mm -hmm. And she's looking at the dog while she's driving, and people are like, mm, yeah, you're known for hitting somebody in a car and killing them. Is this what you want? But then people are like, well, she is a Republican, and that's what they run on. Buckle up, buckaroos. <laughs> We're going. Yeah, that's from South Park. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they, had, they did a parody of her. Um, you know, South Park did it. Basically, yeah. she... I think she runs for political office on in South Park. Oh gosh, no, really? I, not if I'm not aware, but they definitely uh, parodied her like so, running people over. You know, with car. and of course, you know, the media kind of wants to be like, oh, she's running, and like, uh, and, and make kind of a big deal out of it. But every queer person is just like, no, we don't need her. And any person that has any kind of interest in politics or knowledge of politics mm -hmm. would describe Caitlyn Jenner. As deeply unqualified, she's not somebody that has any business running. Uh, you know what is California? Is California the uh, fifth, sixth largest economy in the world? Maybe the top ten. It's you know it's a bigger economy than like half of South America. Yeah, and I, I never understand sort of I don't know, I this that perspective <laughs> that uh, people huge. have when they they want to be president or the mm -hmm. governor. It's like yeah. I'm like if you're interested in politics. Why don't you like, you know, town volunteer council. at a library, town council, something, you know? be part of your condo association board. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is it? What is it about certain people that they want to get the highest office they can when they first run? Mm. And, you know, with Caitlyn Jenner, it's like, I think, you know, a lot of LGBTQ people know how rotten and harmful she is, but People outside our scene, our mm -hmm. community, they don't know. They're like, well, would it be great to have a transgender person? In not Caitlyn Jenner. I'm like, no, not everybody is the same. We're not a monolith. Right. And I, I kind of describe Caitlyn Jenner as kind of like a person who came out as LGBTQ because of the internet. She's never really had relationships with other transgender People or other transgender women that were aware of, but they did say like in, well, in her Kate, that that she had reality yeah, in her reality she did try to transition in the nineties, but then kind of pulled back because of uh, fear. You know, and she has a lot of money. She she also at one point in time was a celebrated Olympic athlete, and um, I think a lot of these people have this idea that I did it all by myself. You know, mm -hmm. buckaroos. And and what is the buckaroos thing? That's that what they say on South Park. Buckle up, buckaroos, and then she runs somebody over. <laughs>
And, you know, so, so I, like I run into some people, they like have no connection to a community. They don't understand the impacts of their conservative views Mm -hmm. or regressive views. And, um, they're like, I came out all by myself. So why do we need any of this stuff? Why, Mm -hmm. why basically like LGBTQ equality Mm -hmm. by your own bootstraps. I was born wealthy. Why isn't everybody else born wealthy? (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, and, and she has accomplished some amazing things yes. in her life, but she didn't do it by herself. She did it, you know, with amazing training and amazing equipment. Support. Yeah. It's like, right. I, I think it's a really interesting. Like a lot of these athletes, they just think they invented their sport or, the, or they excelled at it all by themselves. Mm. They're like, and you know, a lot of these Instagram fitness models, they're all like, I get to my gym and lifted those weights all by myself. I'm like, um, the pretty much there was somebody opening the doors at the gym for you and cleaning up after you, you know, there's a staff, there was a personal trainer that you worked with. You have a training coach. Probably you didn't just do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You learn from somebody else and you know, that's learning is love. I, you know, <laughs> yeah. The day sure. you stop learning is the day you start dying. <gasps> That's what my sister says. Oh, really? Yeah. And in the, you're, if you have this attitude that you know everything or that you basically can figure out anything, sometimes you can't figure out things. Yeah. Sometimes you need to ask an expert or just say like, I don't know the solution, but we can together find some solution. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a really hard concept for people to grasp. And a lot of these regressive people like Caitlyn Jenner have this like misnomer, you know, lack of knowledge is very frightening to her. And, and part of it is like, you know, her resistance to coming out and transitioning is about control. It's about control of her body and her comfort levels. And, you know, listen, we know from a firsthand experience that coming out of the closet is terrifying and difficult and emotionally stressful and dangerous for some people. But at the same time, it's like, you know, Caitlyn Jenner took a long time to come out because she wanted to hold on to that male privilege that she had. And so as, as a person who has a lot of very narrow minded views about uh, community, about equality, she would be a terrible, terrible, terrible politician for California. Yeah, She'd be like, we don't need those social services. They can do it on their own. I did it on my own. So all these drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race, like Pandora Box, are like, mm. I'm running for governor of California. <sighs> and I'm like, uh, maybe, please don't. Aren't you still a resident of New York? <laughs> yeah, Pandora Box no. says she's going to run. So I asked her, like, well, have you filed papers? Yeah. Or have you created a website? And she's like, not responding. So. <laughs> she did not return comments. There's, a, there's a, I guess, an announcement that dick sizes, penis but taints taints the space between your balls and your anus is shrinking. (gasps) Your genital areas are shrinking and could be a sign of worse things to come. Are they shrinking in uh, babies in utero, like newborn kids growing up or as you get older, it's shrinking. Like what happens there? Cause they're, they're blaming on these pathalates, right? Is that how, am I saying it right? And with the pathalates that come in like a lot of plastic things that we use, it's kind of messing up with our endocrine system. Because, you know, I, I think that they say like penis size sometimes is related to uh, testosterone surges. 
Uh, and when you're uh, when you're younger, and so if you have a lower uh, testosterone, your penis doesn't grow as big. So there's a study um, published back in 2005 uh, that linked phthalates, which is uh, chemicals widely used in plastics, toys, detergents, nail polish, soaps, and more, to physical changes in women's bodies, and conversely to their male children and i'm sure this is affecting everybody not just boys it's it's just the penis is on the outside and so can be more observed you know well the other thing too like one of the criticisms of the study though is just like um how were they studying penises in the past <laughs> the same yeah. way you all do honey. <laughs> so so those boys that were born on my forearm the, those boys that were born to mothers with higher concentrations of these phthalates in their bodies were more likely to have a smaller penis size at their 12-month checkup, which doctors measure and have been measuring for a long time, and testicles that hadn't fully descended. Mm. Additional research has found the same results. Also, sperm counts, testosterone levels, and other endocrine issues are putting everybody at risk, including women, because women's bodies also have testosterone too. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, you know, something that, is going to be a major, you know, environmental crisis. It's going to be a major issue of our time. When we think about the environment, we think about, you know, climate change or recycling. We don't think about our dicks or, or yeah. sex lives or women, you know, women being horny or men being horny or non-binary people having healthy attitudes about their sexuality and their bodies. And the environment shapes that, you know, so so the fact that this is like a consequence, one visible consequence of how much toxins we have in our environment and how it's affecting us hormonally is, is something for pause and certainly something, you know, listen, honey, I'm like Mae West. We got to fight for these big dicks. <laughs> Come on. <sighs> if that's not going to get people, you know, because Bill Nye's mm -hmm. Earth Day, the I musical... Only going to, and Zac Efron's face is going to only go so far. I am a big fan of of, of big dicks, but I also uh, like I'm not a fan of people like shaming people for the size of their penis because it's something you know you can't change. And there's you know penises come in all different sizes. Some people like whatever size penis is out there. And you know I appreciate beauty in all sizes. Mm -hmm. And so there's this one photo that this illustration of like from skinny to like very um, thick. Mm -hmm. Um, a, a muscularity versus, uh, you know, lots of curves, big uh, pecs, baby with the belly, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so that's being, and then people are like, which body do you prefer? And I'm like, I pretty much, I like all of them. Mm -hmm. They're, they're great illustrations. Yeah. It depends on what else is. And there's of course it. people are like, uh, my body's not in there. And, and that's like, okay, let's see your, your shirtless photo. I'm like, I think you're pretty much a nine there in that, mm. and, you know? So, so part of it is like self-image and self-worth and, you know, self-esteem issues are all kind of like coming head to head with this idea mm -hmm. of like that we don't like how mm -hmm. we look and therefore we don't mm -hmm. love ourselves yeah. because we don't like how we look. Speaking of uh, penises, uh, Prince Harry, uh, he's uh, the <laughs> chief impact officer for a, a mental health startup in California. And I guess people in Japan are... Um, uh, are kind of laughing because like the, uh, the, his, uh, his title, mm -hmm. like abbreviation, Chimpo is, uh, is, uh, slang is penis in Japanese. Chimpo? Chimpo. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, God, I remember when Prince Harry was, you know, the playboy. Oh, who used yeah. to, 
Party yeah. hard in Las Vegas. Naked, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't there photos of him like half naked? And, and you know, like getting cl- like people thought Prince Harry was gay for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, listen, he was in the military, right? Well, you know, it's what like when, in the military when you're on a lot of cocaine and champagne in Las Vegas, a hole is a hole. <laughs> <laughs> so one of your favorite people, uh, Kit Shapiro, Eartha Kitt's daughter, has a book out. Yeah, so uh, the she's uh, announced it on her tweets, but just like Eartha, it's probably like a rewrite of another book, but she has it in quotations, a new book, um, Eartha Kitt and... Eartha and Kit, A Daughter's Love Story. Oh. Um, it's her, her heartfelt memoir of her life with her legendary mom. Oh. And um, the book is going to be shipping May 3rd um, of this year, and it's out by uh, Pegasus Books. Oh. And, you know, part of it is like, I thought it was kind of funny because I think it's like, it's like her mommy dearest book. <laughs> so everybody's I buying wonder. it, trying mm-hmm. to be like, let's see what a terrible mm-hmm. mother Eartha Kit was. It's like, Eartha was a great mom. I was like, all right. That's not going to sell. <laughs> she, I, I, you know, uh, talking to her uh, on the podcast before about growing up as Eartha Kitt's daughter, you know, she she did love her mom very much. But I think that there was some times that she said it was kind of challenging, right? Because didn't her mother, like, take her everywhere and it was kind of hard to be on the road as a kid? It's, it's, it's hard to be a child of a successful or a struggling mm-hmm. entertainer. And, you know, like a lot of people don't realize that these celebrities are always on airplanes and hotels mm-hmm. and moving around and showing up to one function or another and stuff, you yeah, know? So you're always moving. You're always tired. And, you know, she, I think it was awkward for her because uh, her mother was black and she presented uh, as white. And so people were just kind of like, what's going on here? And they always, yeah. And, and you know, when, when you don't visually match your parents, um, especially in a ra- because of race or in mm-hmm. a racist world, um, that's going to, cause you know a lot of uncertainty and a lot of stress for the family and um and so you know i I think you know she certainly talked a lot about that on her podcast and i guess she's going to expand on it more well look forward to reading it yeah it's not going to have like you know she made me eat a raw piece of meat (laughs) it was so weird how i had to bring her the axe at midnight yeah to chop down the pear tree (laughs) but part of it is like you know like that mommy dearest book was such a scandalous Mm. book and and it shocked like the world. It was kind of like a the first celebrity the first, right? child's book who popped the bubble on this perfect pristine image. Well, especially because it was Crawford. that it was that golden era of Hollywood where it was just like almost impenetrable. Like the studios controlled the press, they controlled their lives, the image. It was just, and then this book came and just shattered all of that. Of course, that studio system had been dead already, probably you know almost thirty years, but. Oh, one thing about the uh, Sesame Street gang documentary is that uh, Eartha Kitt makes a brief appearance in it. I didn't see her in it. Yeah, uh, the original Gordon, uh, he was a talk show host on on local television, and one of his famous guests was Eartha Kitt. I had no idea. So there's a Sesame Street connection to Eartha Kitt. The original Gordon, he had a a show, it wasn't, what was it called, like Black Presence, or it wasn't called Black Power, but it was basically like a a uh, Black-focused talk show in the Philadelphia market, and... Yeah, he became the original Gordon and um, played it for a while. But then they, had, I guess, he had played a character that they thought was too much of a stereotype, so they had to retire it. And eventually, he just kind of became. Uh, he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. He, it wasn't his character that it was. He uh, created a Muppet yeah. called Roosevelt Franklin. Yeah, and he did the voice for that uh, Muppet. And at the time, it was uh, not well received by black audiences um, because they felt like it was too hip. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, you know, Matt Robinson, the original Gordon, um, his original career was as a, as a talk show host. Um, and he did, you know, many different things, projects, but it was great to see that footage of Eartha Kitt with the original Gordon. And I was like, it was perfect. (laughs) Remember folks, Feast of Fun is made possible because of fierce, fabulous people just like you consider becoming a member and listen to thousands of legendary legendary shows at feastoffun.com slash plus join us at patreon at patreon.com slash feast of fun for an ad free experience that's right honeys um which was what what do you think should mark and i get like you know filler like zach efron so uh, what i'm gonna get done eventually is get a little <laughs> more botox and then i have a little dent in my forehead that is from a scar from a child I think I'll get a little filler in there. So if you just put a suction cup on your forehead and just pull it out, think? like a car. And then I'm going to get a little bit of lip plumping. I'm going to get pectoral and butt implants. Oh, wow. I'll look like T.S. Madison and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Curves, baby. You need nine inches. Uh, 22 inches, honey. Because mm. if you're not wearing 22 inches, you're practically bald. Oh, yes. Can't mm. wait for season two of the TS Madison Experience. Yes, darling. Live your best life. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.